appreciate that. Um, let's take our um, Bibles, and Joshua, you are also be- be- becoming a really good accompanist, and that's that's great. That's not that's nothing to uh, sneeze at, I guess, or whatever, to take lightly. Appreciate it very, very much. All right, let's take our Bibles tonight and turn to Judges chapter 5. Again, appreciate everybody coming tonight, and... Uh, um, your faithfulness is much appreciated, and I know it's nice when the evenings are nice and, and bright. And I don't know if how many of you were on the road um, last evening around 8 o'clock and just saw the, the, the sun going down, and it was just different. Uh, the color, uh, we were coming up from Tuncanic, and there's a hillside there, and it just had the, the yellow, just a, a glow, a, a, you know, like kind of a light, a, a yellowish color. And the sky was, of course, pink and everything. Just a beautiful, a beautiful sunset. You know, the Lord does all those things. And he's our God and our creator. And so, praise the Lord. Let's look at, at Judges chapter 5. And we're going to take just look at, <coughs> excuse me, verse 7 of Judges 5. And then we'll pray and then we'll get into the message. So follow along as we read these words. The inhabitants of the villages ceased. They ceased in Israel until that I, Deborah, arose. That I arose, a mother in Israel. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank thee tonight for the word of God. We thank you for this passage and the the scriptures around it that we'll be looking at this evening regarding uh, this woman, Deborah. And um, we just pray that as we do this tonight, we pray for the help of the Holy Spirit. Pray that especially... The ladies tonight would be encouraged, but the guys also, and to stand and, and to uh, stand up for Jesus as we sang and to take our place, whatever, wherever you would have us, that we might fill our place in this world and, and do it for the, for the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray these things in his precious name. Amen. Now, notice again, very simple, the statement that Deborah made that she how she referred to herself, and she said, until that I, Deborah, arose. That I arose a mother in Israel. Um, Notice that she didn't say, till I arose a judge or a prophetess, even though that's what she was, and she didn't say, I I rose up, I became a man. No, she didn't say that. But she said a mother. Now, the word arose, we sang, stand up for Jesus, and the word that's translated arose here in the Hebrew means to rise up or stand up. It's the idea of taking action. Um, uh, some we talk about people they they need to stand up and they need a, uh, they need to take their place and they need to you know take on whatever the challenge may be. Well, she certainly did that, and uh, she was as we will see. Um, she was enabled and she was led by God. Um, now, the word mother also is an interesting word, and we know, obviously, uh, what a mother is. Now, in the Hebrew, the word mother, it is, it, or the word translated mother, does mean mother in the usual sense. And like father, it can also mean ancestor or ancestress. It's a feminine word in this case. But it also can be, it can be translated or defined as a caregiver, uh, someone who cares and someone who takes on the role. And I really think that's what Deborah is talking about here, that she took on the role of a mother. 
you know, not to a family, but to a nation, um, a nation that was in a desperate situation. And, we, you know, we sing hymns like Stand Up for Jesus, and we read about these conquerors in the Bible and understand that there wouldn't be anything to conquer. There'd be no need for a conqueror if there wasn't an enemy and if there wasn't a dire situation. And, and there was one, as there often was in the book of Judges. And so let's go back to Judges 4, um, chapter 4, and let's take a look at the situation in which Deborah found herself. All right? And it's very clear, very simple. Um, chapter 3 of Judges describes uh, one of my favorite Bible characters, a man by the name of Ehud. And one of the reasons that I like him is because the Bible says he was a man left-handed. And I used to be, I mean, I used to be all left-handed, but I'm not, I broke my left wrist in school, so I had to learn to write right-handed. But anyway, um, but I like that because that's one of those examples where the Bible doesn't have the prejudice that uh, uh, um, society has a culture. Back in those days, a left-handed person was considered to be insane or de demon-possessed or, I mean, it was a right-handed world, and of course it kind of um, still is today. In fact, I remember I took French in high school, and the word translated, or the, the word for left in French is gauche, G-A-U-C-H, which means gross or different or, you know, weird, you know, that sort of thing. I, I guess I, I'm, I'm, anyway, I won't go any further with that. But a few years ago, our daughter got me a book called The Left-Hander's Handbook, and it was pretty neat. About all the things that are not geared for left-handed people in our world. But anyway, so Ehud was lefty, but he was a great man of God. And I said that to say this. Look at chapter 4, verse 1. And the children of Israel, again, did evil in the sight of the Lord when Ehud was dead. Right? So um, Ehud was dead, and by the way, during his judgeship, they defeated the Moabites, and the land had rest, the Bible says, four score years. So for 80 years, there was rest and peace and godliness in the land of Israel, but when, the, when he died, then they went back into sin. Notice it says, so they sinned against God, and the Lord sold them. In, the verse, in, in verse 2, so God sold them, gave them over into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan. So the Canaanites and that reigned in Hazor, the captain of whose host was Sisera, which dwelt in Herosheth of the Gentiles. And, and again, one of the themes of the book of Judges is, is a Israel's incomplete obedience. There never should have been a king, Jabin. There never should have been Canaanites ruling in the land. But Israel failed, and you know that. The end of the book of Joshua talks about that. The beginning of the book of Judges, and it lists, you know, these, neither did Benjamin drive out these, neither did Judah, and it goes down through the list of all the ones they didn't drive out. And so, and of course, so, so here's disobedience that affected Israel for generation after generation after generation. And so here they are under the oppression. Notice it says in verse 3, the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, for he, that is Jabin, had 900 chariots of iron, and 20 years he mightily oppressed the children of Israel. So verse 1, they sinned. Verse 2, God sold them. Verse 3, they became slaves. They were under slavery, uh, they were oppressed, and they cried unto the Lord. All right? Now, 
before we, and it says Deborah. We're going to get to that in just a moment. Verse 4 speaks about her. But let's, let's go back to Judges chapter 2 for just a moment and take a look at this, the cycle in the book of Judges, all right? The cycle of apostasy. And in, there's, it's mentioned a couple times, but in verse 16, I want you to notice something here about the cycle. Verse Chapter 2, verse 16, Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges, right, which delivered them out of the hand of those that spoiled them. Okay, again, they would prosper during the time of the judge, and the judge, would, the judge died, they'd go back into sin, they'd go back into oppression, they'd cry to the Lord, God would send a deliverer, they'd be delivered, they'd praise God, they'd have peace, and then when the judge died, they'd go back. And so the cycle, I mean, it might be where we get that term vicious cycle, because that's what it was, same thing over and over and over again. But so, so then, um, the Lord in his mercy, nevertheless, you know, means in spite of that, the Lord raised up judges. All right. He continued to have mercy. Now, so Deborah was one of those. And so God, the Lord, raised up. And it doesn't say he raised up judges, and the only one he didn't raise up was Deborah. No, she was there by divine appointment. Now, certainly, there was a lack of men to stand up, but that's nothing on that's nothing against Deborah. That, that in no way is a slight on her character or what she did or what God called her to do. He raised her up. And then let's go on. In verse 17, it says, And yet they would not hearken unto their judges. But they went to whoring after other gods, in other words, spiritual adultery, after other gods, small g, idols, and bowed themselves unto them. They turned quickly out of the way which their fathers walked in, obeying the commandments of the Lord, but they did not so. So the fathers, those that obeyed, they didn't follow their example. And when the Lord raised them up, judges... Here it is again. Then the Lord was with the judge. And, we could, and you, if you go, whenever you get to the book of Judges, I hope you are reading through the Bible this year, you get to the book of Judges, you will see how God powerfully enabled some of these judges, all right? And uh, delivered them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge, for it repented, that is, it, it sorrowed the Lord because of their groanings by reason of them that oppressed them, and vex them. And it came to pass when the judge was dead that they returned and corrupted themselves more than their fathers. In other words, so not only did the cycle continue, but it got worse. In following other gods to serve them and to bow down unto them, they ceased not from their own doings nor from their stubborn way. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And so on. And so, um, this, this continual cycle. So they're in the midst of that. They're in the midst of the having turned away from God, and they're now they're under oppression for, uh, underneath the Canaanites, and they're suffering. But in the midst of that, let's take a look. Number one, the situation. Number two, the spiritual woman. Okay, the spiritual woman. And Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Labadoth, she judged Israel at that time. So here, so it mentions three things about her. She was a prophetess, she was a wife, and she judged Israel. Of course, the, the word prophetess is the female form of the word prophet. And a prophet in those days was somebody who proclaimed the word of God. 
and someone who usually a prophet or a prophetess received revelation from God and declared it. All right. She was also a wife, so she was in the place where a godly Israelite woman should be. And then says that she judged Israel. Now it's interesting. How did she judge Israel? This this is really significant about her, her character. Verse 5, it says, And she dwelt under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in Mount Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up to her for judgment. And so she had a place, and obviously the palm tree of Deborah was her, was her office, so to speak, her, her judge bench, and, and they would come to her when they had questions or had problems. They would come to her, and she would give godly counsel. But being a woman, she was not like some of the, the prophets and judges. She was not a circuit-riding preacher. She didn't go around preaching doing all those things, though she stayed, she took the place of a wife and a woman, and she stayed where she was, and people came to her when they had questions and so on. And there's, that's, that, and there, that's not just a coincidence. Um, that's very important, very significant to uh, describe the character of Deborah. She did not usurp authority over men, but she stayed in her place you know, physically and spiritually, and yet she was a great, a great woman of God, and she gave judgment. She gave counsel to the people. All right? Now, then, so her ministry was that of a prophetess and a judge. She was already ministering, and her method was they, they came to her. She didn't go to them and so on. And so then we have an, another thing about her is her request. In verse 6. And she sent and called Barak. In other words, she sent a message, <coughs> messenger <coughs> and called Barak, the son of Abinoam, out of Kadesh Naphtali, and said unto him, Hath not the Lord God of Israel commanded, saying, Go and draw toward Mount Tabor, and take with thee ten thousand men of the children of Naphtali, and of the children of Zebulun. So, interesting here, again, Deborah, as a woman, she, she did not command, she did not send an order to Barak, she sent a messenger with a question. And, and he basically, are you aware of what God is calling you to do? And, and she requested Barak to lead the army. All right. Notice that she did not put herself at the head of the army. She said, "Barak, I want this. Is this isn't this what you should do?" Question. Question. All right. And here's the message. Here she's a prophetess, so she's receiving the the word from God. And verse seven, and I, that is God, the Lord, will draw unto thee to the river Kishon, Sisera, the captain of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude, and I will deliver him into thine hand. So she gave the message from God to Barak. Will you accept God's call? Will you accept this challenge? this duty from God, if you do, God was going to give the victory. God will deliver you. All right? 
That's a message that how many times do you think Israel heard that? I'm not going to tell you. I haven't counted them. You can. How many times did God say, I will deliver you, I will deliver you, I will deliver you, and yet they just didn't believe it. But So anyway, here's look at Barak's reaction. And Barak said unto her, If thou go with me, then I will go. But if thou wilt not go with me, then I will not go. So, what do we gather from that? I suppose you could get the idea that Barak's a coward. I, I don't think so. I think I believe that Barak noted just just was very blessed and impressed and of the in the character of Deborah. Now remember, she was already ministering, and so she had already established herself and obviously had earned the trust of many of the people of Israel. At least this fellow Barak. And so she, he said, "If you go, I'll go." You go with me. Now he notice, if thou wilt go with me, then I will go. And basically he says, if you will accompany me, I will accept the responsibility. And again, Deborah didn't he didn't want to take the leadership. And Barak said, I'll go if you go, if you go with me. And she said, verse nine, I will surely go with thee. Yes, I'll go. Definitely I'll go. But here's a message from God, notwithstanding the journey that thou takest shall not be for thine honor, for the Lord shall sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. And Deborah rose and went with Barak to Kadesh. And so um, Deborah says, you know, you're this. You're not going to be. You're not going to get the credit. You know, you're not going to be the one that's remembered. The honor is going to go to a woman. And it wasn't Deborah, by the way. Okay, we'll see that. You know, you probably know the story already. And so they went. And so then, num number three, we have the salvation in Israel, salvation of Israel, rather. So, verse ten, and Barak called Zebulun and Naphtali, these two tribes of Israel, to Kadesh, and he went up with ten thousand men at his feet, and Deborah went up with him. So, in other words, he was over the ten thousand. So Barak took the leadership with an assistant. <laughs> an assist from uh, Deborah. And God he's, God said, take 10,000, and he took 10,000. They simply obeyed what God said. Okay. Now Heber, there's a little, the plot thickens, Heber the Kenite, which is of the children of Hobab, or Jethro, the father-in-law of Moses, had severed himself from the Kenites and pitched his tent unto the plain of Zanim, Zanaim, which is by Kadesh, and they showed Sisera. So, in other words, this this um, Heber, the Kenite, was a traitor. Turned, he gave away Barak's position. Right? Verse thirteen, and Sisera gathered together all his chariots, even nine hundred chariots of iron, and all the people that were with him from Harosheth of the Gentiles unto the river of Kishon. So he gathered his army. Barak gathered his army, and so they're gonna they're gonna have a fight. They're gonna have a battle. Verse fourteen, Deborah said unto Barak, "Up." In other words, go, rise up, for this is the day in which the Lord hath delivered Sisera into thine hand, is not the Lord gone out before thee? So, Barak went down from Mount Tabor and 10,000 men after him. So how did the battle turn out? And the Lord discomfited, in other words, defeated Sisera and all his chariots and all his host with the edge of the sword before Barak. 
so that sister would light it down off his chair and shred away on his feet. So, all right, so um, Israel wins the battle. But then so Sisera jumps out of his chariot and takes off running. And verse 17, how be it? Well, let's go to verse 16. But, but Barak pursued after the chariots and after the host under Hesheref, Harasheth of the Gentiles, and all the host of uh, Sisera fell upon the edge of the sword, and there was not a man left. So all the army got wiped out. Howbeit Sisera fled away on his feet to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. Now, isn't that interesting? So um, you got the traitor, <laughs> and then you got the traitor's wife. That's great. Great stuff. So um, there was peace between Jabin and the, the king of Hazor and the house of Heber, the Kenite, or Kenite. And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Turn in, my lord, turn in to me. Notice L with a small, I mean, Lord with a small L, and, you know, term of respect, turn into me, fear not. And when he had turned in under her into the tent, she covered him with a mantle. So he put a blanket over him, a rug. And he said to her, give me, I pray thee, a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. And she opened a bottle of milk, and gave him drink, and covered him. Again he said unto her, stand in the door of the tent, and it shall be when any man doth come and inquire of thee, and say, is there any man here that thou shalt say no? So she's, you know, he's asking for her protection. Well, then Jael, Heber's wife, took a nail, in other words, a tent peg, a tent stake, and took a hammer in her hand and went softly unto him and smote the nail into his temples and fastened it to the, into the ground, for he was fast asleep and weary. So he died. So, how about that? <laughs> she takes a hammer and a, and a tent peg, tent stake, pounds it through his head while he's sleeping. Um, and so he died, obviously. You would too, and so would I, if we had one of them things pounded through our temple. And behold, as Barak pursued Sisera, Jael came out to meet him and said to him, Come, and I will show thee the man whom thou seekest. And when he went, he, and when he came into her tent, behold, Sisera lay dead, and the nail was in his temples. So God subdued on that day Jabin, the king of Canaan, before the children of Israel. And the hand of the children of Israel prospered and prevailed against Jabin, the king of Canaan, until they had destroyed Jabin, king of Canaan. Right. So, and at the, as a result of that, the last verse, the last part, or last part of the last verse of Judges 5 says the land had rest 40 years. So a time of peace, tranquility for 40 years as a result of what happened here. Well then, chapter 5, where we got our, 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 our starting verse tonight, records a song that Deborah and Barak sang. All right? And we're not going to uh, look at the whole thing, but I just want us to remember, look at two things. Number one, in the first six verses, praise to God. They sang. Notice Deborah and Barak. They sang. And so um, Barak, don't want to give, you know, don't want to discredit him too much. I mean, not really, not at all. He did end up leading the army. God gave a victory. And being a man of God and a spiritual man, he joined in with Deborah and they both sang praise to God. And that's one of the reasons that we sing when we have our services. We want to praise God. 
We want to thank him, sing about his blessings and about his victories and the things that he does for us and our need of him and all those things. And so that, uh, then sang Deborah and Barak, the son of Abinoam, on that day, saying, Praise ye the Lord, words, Hallelujah, for the avenging of Israel, when the people willingly offered themselves, and talking about the army, Hear, O ye kings, Give ear, O ye princes, I, even I, will sing unto the Lord. I will sing praise to the Lord God of Israel. Lord, when thou wentest out of Seir, when thou marchest out of the field of Edom, the earth trembled and the heavens dropped, the clouds also dropped water, the mountains melted from before the Lord, even that Sinai from before the Lord God of Israel. He's talk, so he's, they're, they're singing about God's victories, God's things God had done in the past. You know, there's a hymn in our hymn book, and it goes, um, let me look at it, O God, our help, all right? Um, O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast and our eternal home, under the shadow of thy throne, before the hills in order stood, and so on. So it talks about what God had done for his people, and so Deborah and Barak begin their song by what God had done. Now, um, you know, Mount Seir, which is Edom, and so on. In the days of Shamgar, one of the judges, the son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were unoccupied, and the travelers walked through byways. The inhabitants of the villages ceased. In other words, what he's, she's saying is, they ceased in Israel. That is, life as they knew it came to a halt because of the oppression of King Jabin. And they were all they were under they were they were greatly oppressed and they were in slavery, and and so that was what happened. That was what was going on, and until again we read that earlier, that I Deborah arose, that I arose a mother in Israel, and so again would say godly women mothers are such a great asset to God's work and thank God for them there are many 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 great women of God mentioned in the Bible and you know um, <clears throat> and men, you know, women like Sarah and Hannah and, and Ruth and Esther and Naomi and just all these you know all so many Old Testament New Testament you know Mary the mother of Jesus and Anna we talked about her today and Priscilla and so many uh, Elizabeth and all these great ones that are mentioned in Scripture and you know they they were never out of their place they 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 did exactly what God led them to do, empowered them to do, and yet they were wives and they were mothers and, and you know they, 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 they accepted and even relished the role that God had for them. So in sp whatever it is for the, for the most part, now I know that there are ladies, there are women who, who never marry, and Christian women, you know, we, we, we supported Jeannie Raymond uh, for years, a missionary in the Philippines, single lady all her life, never married, there's been other women like that, but normally, the, the, the normal for Christian women, is like I mentioned this morning, uh, Paul instructed Timothy uh, to, to teach the women, I will therefore, Paul said, that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, and so on, give none occasion to the adversary, um, to speak reproachfully. And yet there are ways that, that godly women can be greatly, greatly used, just like Deborah was here. So what did she do? Well, she probably she went back and did what she needed to do, but she was a wife to her husband. Um, and so, 
want to say this also in closing. Um, obviously, we live in a different dispensation today, right? God does not call us to go out and kill people, right? Now, if you're, if you're in the military, that's different. That's a whole different subject. There's nothing dishonorable or wrong or sinful about serving in the military. But ladies, uh, you really shouldn't go around, you know, pounding tent stakes into men's heads. I mean, even though you might want to do that sometime, uh, you know, but that's, we're, obviously you know that. We're not, that's not what we're here for today. Now, in the day in which we're living, you might want to, you know, carry some pepper spray or a gun <laughs> for your protection, you know, with a permit, of course. Um, again, there's nothing wrong with those things, but, you know, so it's different. You know, God's not going to call you to go hide somebody under a rug and then pound a nail through their head. Um, be that as it may, um, you can certainly have a godly influence upon all that you come in contact with. And, you know, don't forget that. Please never forget. You know, you, know, you realize that in our society, motherhood and womanhood, biblical uh, motherhood and, and womanhood are, are greatly degraded. They're despised. They're ridiculed um, by most. Now, there's thankfully not by all. There's even some people, you know, public figures, women, who, who, who stand up for traditional marriage and family and the role of a mother and all those things. And so... We need to do that too, no, no matter what. You know, God, we're going to get. You know, we'll get to the men in June around Father's Day. We'll talk to them. But uh, just, and I love doing this. I, I do love going through the scriptures and seeing what the Bible says about godly women. Um, some of you might remember a few years ago we did a series on Sunday nights of women of the Bible, and, and it took a lot. It took months because there's a lot of them. There's a lot of women uh, who are commendable in the Scripture. All right, so. Uh, may the Lord bless you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that we can spend together in the Word of God. And we are so grateful for women in the Bible like Deborah. What a, what a stand she took and, and, and in the proper way without taking over authority or responsibility that wasn't hers. Uh, she was a leader uh, in Israel. And um, I, I certainly know that Barak definitely appreciated and, and even leaned upon her for support, for encouragement. And we're thankful. Again, we're thankful for godly women. Just thank you for those even today in the political realm and, and society that there are those Christian women who are, who are not afraid to stand up and, to, and knowing that they'll be ridiculed. And yet they're standing and help them. Help them, Lord. Um, realize tonight that Deborah was raised up by you, dear Lord. It was not an accident. It was not an aberration. Um, it was not something wrong that she stood up. And so even today, uh, there, may be, there may be women who can really stand even for our country and for righteousness. And we thank thee for that. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, 261 in our hymn books. Um, Let's take our, our song books and we'll turn to that hymn. 261, Trust and Obey. I want you to think about something else. I didn't mention, mention it a lot during the message, maybe not all specifically. Um, all that Deborah had was God's word. Um, there was no indication. Things had not started to turn around. Um, you know, things were still bad. There was the oppression. There was the enemy's occupation. There was no hope. But she had God's word, and that was, that was enough. And that's, that's a, another good lesson for us today. 
And so the Bible, or the hymn book says, when we walk with the Lord, in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way, while we do his good will, he abides with us still. And God was with Deborah and Barak because they obeyed, and they did what God said to do. All right? Um, let's just sing the first, fourth, and the fifth verses, all right? One, four, and five of Trust and Obey. again for this day, the Lord's Day, a beautiful day. We thank thee for the blessings of the day and the hymns that we could sing, the scriptures that we could study and proclaim. And even as we have sung this hymn, dear Lord, what insight the writer had when they wrote, when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word. Thank you for the word of God. And it is, it is to be um, a, a, a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. 
And help us, Lord, to walk in the word of God and be faithful and use us, O Lord. Bring before us people that we can minister to, that we can be encouragement to, that we can uh, give the gospel to. I just want to thank thee for everybody that made it back out tonight. Uh, Thank you for my friend Bobby and his continues to come out, Lord, and I pray that you'd help him to grow and grace and a knowledge of Christ and to be a testimony to, to others and Lord I pray that for all of us may we all continue to grow grow spiritually and become more like Christ and we pray now thy blessing as we leave from here tonight watch over everybody please clear the way guide us we pray in Jesus name amen